Good afternoon, everyone. It is about 4 o'clock here in Northern California on the 4th of July, so happy 4th, everyone. Uh, get out, celebrate, but be smart and be responsible, and remember what this day means to us as Americans. It's, it's an important day for all of us. And this is getting recorded pretty late, so my apologies. I had some family business I had to take care of the past couple weeks. This information was gathered from the 14th to the 28th of June. Um, and again, my apologies. It's not an excuse, but better better late than never, right? Um, so I'll, I will be recording this past week's podcast either late tonight or tomorrow. Um, it depends on how how much uh, notes I have to type up, stuff like that. So quick message before we begin. This is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop, home of the Thules, the tactical handbook for unit leaders, and that's available at megearco.com and Amazon. And let's get into the podcast. All right, so of course we will begin with the COVID-19 numbers. And and again, these are... uh, out of date, but just a little bit of context. So on the 14th of June, we had 7,795,000 cases, 429,000 deaths, and 3,710,000 recoveries. And by the 28th of June, we had 9,984,000 cases, 498,000 deaths, and 5,053,000 recoveries. And of course, those are global numbers. The Imperial College in London administered their first dose of a vaccine that is currently in trial. Um, As of right now, they said it's showing some good results. So that's awesome. Hopefully, we keep getting some good news here in the near future. About 30 million tests have been conducted in the U.S., assuming that the population in this country is exactly 330 million people, that would equate to about 10% of Americans receiving a test. Of course, we know this isn't the case. Um, Some people have received multiple tests, but it's just a little bit of context. On the 16th of June, Beijing airports canceled over 1,200 flights over virus concerns. And of course, Beijing has been closing down neighborhoods over small clusters of COVID-19, so um, yeah, they still got that going on over there. On the next day, the 17th, Honduran President Juan Orlando Hernandez was hospitalized for COVID, and he is being treated for pneumonia. He is now in good health, and uh, at this point, he's probably out of the hospital, but I'm not sure about that. And multiple states are imposing new social restrictions after spikes in daily case tolls, and that's still going on. I know my state, California, recently, um, closed indoor seating in restaurants and all operations in bars in 19 counties equating to over 70 percent of our state's population so just a little bit of context moving on to europe on the 15th of june an f-15 charlie from the air force's 48th fighter wing out of raf lake and heath in the uk crashed in the north sea first lieutenant kenneth allen was unfortunately found dead in the sea and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family moving on to the americas on the 24th of june f-22s and a kc-135 intercepted two russian il-38 patrol aircraft that crossed into the alaska air defense 
identification zone. The aircraft never actually crossed into U.S. or Canadian airspace, but this is something we've been seeing with Russian aircraft a lot, especially in the past couple months. And again, on the 27th, F-22s, a KC-135, and an E-3 airborne warning and control system aircraft intercepted four Russian Tu-142 patrol aircraft in the Alaska Air Defense ID zone. The aircraft came within 65 miles of the Aleutian Islands, but again did not enter U.S. or Canadian airspace. Moving on to Asia on the 16th, North Korea blew up the Kaesan Inter-Korean Liaison Office and redeployed troops to DMZ guard posts. This is in response to defector groups in the south launching thousands of anti-North leaflets across the border. And that situation is still going on. Also on the 16th, 20 Indian soldiers are killed and According to India, around 45 Chinese soldiers were killed or wounded after clashes along the line of actual control. The line of actual control is this hard border between uh, India and China and this um, contested land that they both share in the uh, Kashmir region. Among the dead are the commanding officers from both sides, and these are the first deaths among the two sides since 1975, and we put out an article on that when it happened, so you should head to stayready.me and check it out, because it's got some good info. On the 22nd, China announced that it will hold... I'm sorry, China announced that it will join the UN Arms Treaty. The treaty regulates arms flow into conflict zones. This comes after President Trump announced plans to pull the U.S. out of the treaty late last year. And according to a study by the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, China is the world's second largest arms producer behind the U.S. Also on the 22nd, Taiwanese Marines are deployed to the Pradas Islands in the South China Sea after reports that the People's Liberation Army is planning to conduct drills in the area in August. Taiwanese forces were replaced on the island chain by the Coast Guard in 2000, but, you know, as rhetoric between China and Taiwan is ramping up, I mean, honestly, between China and every other country in the region is ramping up, we're going to see a lot more of this in the near future. Moving on to Africa on the 23rd, an Al-Shabaab suicide bomber killed two at Camp Turksum in Mogadishu, Somalia. Camp Turksum is Turkey's military base in the region that trains Somali soldiers, and I believe that's Turkey's largest military base outside of their own borders. And this guy disguised himself as a potential recruit and detonated the bomb. Very unfortunate situation. On the 27th, moving to Libya, the government of National Accord, GNA, called for the U.S. and European Union to impose sanctions on any actors that should violate the current ceasefire the GNA has with the Libyan National Army, LNA. The call specifically mentioned, quote, Russian mercenaries as the National Oil Corporation claimed that Wagner Group mercenaries forced their way onto the Sahara oil field on Friday. And, of course, the Wagner Group is... Russia's most infamous uh, private military contractor that a lot of people suspect is essentially just another branch of the Russian military. And we will take a quick break and we'll finish it off here with the Middle East.
All right, and we're back to finish it off with the Middle East. On the 14th, Turkish F-16s began pounding supposed PKK targets in Simjar and Kandil in northern Iraq as start of Operation Claw Eagle. Multiple NGOs and Kurdish media groups and activists accused Turkey of actually hitting civilian targets. Airstrikes are still ongoing, and locals are still saying Turkey is again targeting villages, including Yazidi villages in specific. On the 16th, Iranian artillery rounds pounded the Kandil Mountains, which is believed to have been launched in coordination with Turkish operations. On the 17th, Turkish land forces launched Operation Claw Tiger in the Hafatinin region of Iraqi Kurdistan. Elements of the Hakari Mountain and Commando Brigade and the 1st Commando Brigade were airlifted over the Turkey-Iraq border to start that operation. On the 18th, an unknown group, likely an Iranian-backed militia, fired four Katusha rockets towards the Baghdad embassy complex. Iraqi security forces found the launch platforms 10 kilometers southeast from the site, and this has been something that happens, honestly, pretty frequently since the start of the year and the whole uh, new set of tensions between the U.S. and Iran. So this is something we're going to be seeing a lot of. And lastly, on the 25th, Iraq's, uh, I'm sorry, not lastly, but still on the 25th, Iraq's counterterrorism service raided the headquarters of the powerful PMU militia Kataib Hezbollah. The Iranian-backed militia played a big role in U.S.-Iranian tensions earlier this year. The raid was reportedly carried out after Iraqi officials received intelligence of a planned rocket attack against the Baghdad airport by the group. Fourteen members of the group were captured, including some key leaders. Kataib Hezbollah has supposedly been placed on high alert, and since that raid, 11 of those fighters were released, but three are still uh, in captivity or imprisonment, whatever you want to call it. And then lastly, real quick, on the 26th, media outlets began reporting that the Russian GRU offered to pay the Taliban uh a lot of money to kill coalition forces. No timeline was given or how many deaths could be linked to these details. Um, of course, the Russian GRU is um, the Russian military's main intelligence entity that answers directly to the uh, Minister of Defense. And we put an article on that since that reporting became uh, pretty big. So you can check that out on stayready.me. And, of course, details on that whole situation are still coming out. Um, but there's still a lot that isn't known. As those details keep coming out, we'll keep, uh, you know, updating this podcast and the uh, blog as well, depending on how, how much comes out at any given time. And... Before I leave you guys off, I wanted to say a quick thing about PFC Vanessa Guyan. So I actually had a uh, a whole message typed up before we were going to start this podcast, um, but that was when Vanessa was still missing. So PFC Vanessa Guyan went missing from Fort Hood on April 22nd between 11.30 and 12.30 in the afternoon. Um... We now know that Vanessa was actually murdered, um, likely on base in the armory where she worked. So the soldier who was suspected of killing her actually killed himself when he was confronted by police within the past few days. Um, His 
supposed accomplice has been arrested as well, a female civilian who he lived with off post, and she will be charged in connection to Vanessa's murder in some way, shape, or form. This is obviously a, a terrible situation, um, and Vanessa's remains were the second set of human remains that were actually found missing right outside of Fort Hood, the first being Private Gregory Morales, who went missing in August of last year. And uh, Private Morales is still listed by the Army as a deserter, even though his remains have been found and he was likely murdered because his remains and Vanessa's remains were not that far apart. And actually, Vanessa's remains might not have ever been found if uh, Private Morales' remains weren't found, you know, a, a week or so before. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on at Fort Hood, um, but something something needs to happen, right? Some people need to get fired. Some people need to get forced into retirement at the very least, if not demoted outright. And I'm, I'm not an expert on, on this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? I'm not a lawyer. I'm not uh, I'm not in CID, nothing like that, you know, so maybe, uh, that, that's all, that's really all I should say about the situation, right? Um, I, I don't want to speak on, on things that I'm, that I'm really not too, uh, uh, too versed in, I, I guess I should say, I'll, I'll just leave it at that, but, um, you know, so, something needs to happen, something needs to happen, and I hope that everyone that is involved in Private Guyan's murder and uh, maybe even Private Morales' murder need to need to come to justice and get charged to the fullest extent of the law if they are proven guilty in court. And with that being said, that's all I got for you guys this week. So, like I said, I'll probably record uh this past week's podcast either late tonight or tomorrow um so these will these will be coming out soon and i had an interview that i did last week that i need to edit and then that will be coming up here shortly as well so stay tuned for that and we'll see you guys soon